you are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Hi, welcome to the next episode of Ideas and Leaders podcast. Today, my guest is Miki Kennedy. He's an expert in helping small businesses, authors, and startups increase their visibility and credibility. So today we're going to speak about how to make yourself irresistible to the media. Hi, Miki. It's great to have you on Ideas and Leaders. Well, thanks for having me. So I know that you you have a company called E-Releases and you, you started it a long time ago to, to support small businesses with press releases, give them access to the media. So can you start by telling us a little bit more about what you do and why you started doing it. Sure. So I guess around 27 years ago, I was working for a telecom research startup and I have a writing background, though it's creative writing. I had specialized in poetry in my uh, master's of fine arts. And uh, I was tasked with figuring out how to do press releases and send them out uh, as employee number three at this company. And uh, I did that. And I got really good at determining what the media liked and engaged with and would report on. And we would routinely get picked up by international publications like the Financial Times, The Economist, uh, as well as uh, you know U.S. publications like The Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, and New York Times. And I just you know saw a trend where we were faxing and a lot of journalists were requesting if we could email stuff to them. And I just, you know, light bulb went off and said, hey, you know, uh, sending press releases via email is just so easy and efficient. Uh, there could be a business there. And I started with uh, just contacting journalists and asking them if I could send them press releases. And I spent about a year doing that. When I launched um, a little over 25 years ago, I had 10,000 journalists in my database and I was just a matchmaker. And over the time, I guess it's about eight years or so, uh, PR Newswire reached out to us and said we should also include them as our distribution. And I did not think that it would be possible because at the time, I think they charged like $1,500 for a 600-word press release to go out nationally. Um, but you know, despite that and the small budgets that entrepreneurs and startups and companies that I worked with have, uh, we were able to work it out so that every release that goes out through us gets a national distribution uh, through PR Newswire as well as some of the email distribution that we're known for. And, uh, you know, it's been really exciting seeing, you know, clients get media pickup. Um, it's also been disappointing seeing the ones who don't get pickup. And the one thing that I pay attention to are what are the types of releases that uh, the media engages with and writes about and what are the ones that they generally don't and you know perhaps why do they sort of ignore certain types of press releases yeah so you so you have a lot of experience and uh, it is so interesting to see that actually small companies they can also be use those uh, instruments and they they can also be in the big media, because I think that many entrepreneurs think that, okay, I'm here doing my Instagram posts and, uh, you know, TikTok videos or, or LinkedIn posts and I, media is, it is for big players. So you're saying that it is possible to to do it. So how can we start if we want to to start with, you know, first steps, what, what can we start 
doing? How can we start with with the, this press release? Sure. So one thing to you know realize is that journalists love to spotlight uh, new discoveries, and often those are found not in large companies but small companies, startups, little uh, you know individual entrepreneurs and uh you know new companies and so for that reason you know don't feel that you're too small to matter to the media it can really work out extremely well some of the things that you should focus on when doing a press release are not you know it's you, you want it to be well written with a really you know catching headline uh but you got to realize you're writing for a journalist and not the actual consumer uh, so you're not writing the article so you want to get a lot of your relevant facts up there and really make it clear to the journalist that this is a story that's relevant to them and uh, that they can click through. On the Newswire, they're presented with just uh, headline feeds, usually by industry, and they can customize the types of releases that they see to make them a little bit more specific to their interest and what they cover within a particular industry. And so that headline is the most important and, you know, it's sort of a top-down approach. You want your uh, opening paragraph and uh, specifically the opening sentence to really speak to why your press release matters and then include supporting information. Uh, one of the most important elements in a press release that people often overlook is the quote. Um, you want to have an amazing quote in your press release. And the reason for that is if a journalist is looking at two stories that are of equal newsworthiness and one has an amazing quote, they know that that's going to build a much better story. It's going to uh, be a lot more compelling. And what I say, you know, when I say an amazing quote, what do I mean? And an amazing quote can really be a lot of different things. It can be uh, that you've You've said something in just a beautiful way. It could be the creative art of how you said it. It could be the power of how you said it. The you know how concise it is and and uh, you know how how powerful it gets a thought across. Um, you know it, it it's it's an area where if a journalist took it out and paraphrased what you said, there there would be a loss. There would be like oh the the quote was better than what. The, what the journalist paraphrased here. So you really want to spend a little bit of quality time there. So many quotes look like they've been written by committee and they just come out as corporate speak and they're just soft and they don't really mean anything. And you could, in most cases, take the quote out and it wouldn't affect the, the press release at all. And, you know, that's one big trick. If you take the quote out of your press release, is there a loss? And if there is, that means it's probably a really good quote. And it's one of those things that's uh, an art that's hard to define, but just spend a little time with it. Uh, you know, you can come back to it again and again, uh, just like you can the headline and sort of, you know, punch it up and make it a little bit better. Yeah. So we need a, we need a catchy title. We need, we need a great opening paragraph. We need a quote. So those are the basic elements. And, um, I wanted also to ask you about the topic, because I think that many entrepreneurs, they are doing something and they think that, okay, something that I'm doing is nothing special. Uh, I'm doing it every day. What can I say about it? So what can be the topic of the press release that can you give us some examples maybe sure. to to inspire uh, our creativity? Sure. So, for example, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I often recommend, especially with startups and newer companies, is to talk about your story. You know, what what is it that led you? down this entrepreneurial path to create this product or this company. Um, you know, there's, there's a reason that almost everybody who appears on Shark Tank share their story of how they 
you know, started their company or started their product and what inspired it. And the reason is people love a, a human interest element. Uh, they they love to see what the personal story is behind a company. And, uh, you know, it, it's an instance where you can be perhaps vulnerable or share an obstacle that you had. It could be, you know, personal, it could be, uh, you know, business related. Um, I had one client who uh, was was doing pretty well and uh, they shared an embarrassing story with me uh, just as an aside of when they were starting out and how they had to cancel Thanksgiving because uh, they had got inundated with orders and they were going to have to spend the, all that time fulfilling these orders in order to get them out in uh, order for them to be received by the holidays. And so I, I told them that we should include that in the press release and they were just like, that makes us look unprofessional. And I, I countered and said, it, it really makes you, uh, you know, of interest. It's something that a lot of people can identify with. Um, and we shared it and it became the lead of a two page article in Inc. Magazine about them. And, you know, they were just really shocked that Inc. Magazine would have been interested in that little anecdote. But I think it's one of the things that, you know, really gives you trust and authority by, you know, showing, peeling back the layers and showing the vulnerability and, you know, the the real, uh, you know, inspirational, you know, challenges that everybody overcomes in life and specifically in business. Yeah, I think that actually the story that you shared is very interesting because I immediately related to I start started thinking about my own struggles in business and you know the things that I had to cancel and and you know the, the working at night and so on and so on. So I think that those personal stories they they are very catchy because people start thinking about themselves in a way as uh, I'm also as as a communication coach, I know the power of a good story and and a good storytelling. So definitely, so we can speak about our stories and uh, what else? So should we should we write? Okay, um, I, I can write about my story, but uh, I'm thinking also about showing somehow maybe my expertise. And I'm sure that the our listeners they they are thinking about how can I show myself in the media so i'm um, seen as an expert is there right. a possibility to do that as well absolutely so um there's lots of different ways in which you can sort of you know take your expertise to get it out there you know one way that i've had with clients especially clients who haven't done well with press releases is to consider doing a survey or study within your industry and that's a really great way to position yourself uh being the author of the survey as an expert and you're also going to include a quote in the press release about the results of the survey as to why you feel they skewed a particular way and uh, a lot of my clients feel like this is just an impossible ask but it really is you know, if you break it down to its core elements, um, you're going to put together a survey using something like SurveyMonkey. I, I recommend 16 questions with four questions on each page. So if they stop halfway, you've still got eight responses that you can use towards the results. Um, you want to ask questions that are really timely and really specific to right now. So if you were at a trade show or conference and you were wanting to, you know, talk to a, someone else in the industry and say, have you noticed this trend? Like people are taking instead of, you know, net 30 days to pay, they're stringing you along for 60 or 90 days. That could potentially show that there's, you know, a, uh, a cash crunch happening uh, either in your industry or in the overall economy. Um, you can talk, you know, about 
personnel and, you know, have you noticed employment trends? Like uh, it's harder to get people who want to work in the office or challenges developing uh, maybe a company culture with more people working outside of the office. Uh, you can talk specifically about, you know, do you plan on hiring over the next two quarters or are you considering laying off over the next two quarters? Uh, you can even go into marketing spend. Do you plan on spending the same, less or more in the next quarter, the next two quarters? And so you can also make them more specific to your industry and maybe certain trends that are going on in your industry, um, maybe hot buttons or, you know, timely sort of specific things like going green or environmental. Is that a trend that's going in your industry? Are there certain challenges? You can perhaps build some questions around that. And uh, you, you send that out. And a lot of people say, well, I just don't have enough people in my industry. I could send a survey like that out to. But the thing to know is there's lots of small and independent trade associations out there. Um, and the reason I say small and independent is those are the ones that do not get a lot of media attention. It's usually the large trade associations that have no problem getting media attention. So by reaching out to a smaller independent trade association, of which there's probably you know dozens or if not more in every industry that you just aren't even aware of, uh, you reach out to them and ask them if they'll send that link to their members uh, in exchange for you mentioning them in a press release you'll be issuing over the wire. And most of the small and independent trade associations will gladly do it for the attention. I've had a few be creative and push back and say, could we co-brand the survey by both of us? And I don't see that as a downside. You're aligning yourself with a uh, respected industry association. So uh, it, you know, any way that you can build it as a win-win, I think could work really well. The reason that this works so extremely well is the media loves numbers and data and most surveys live for a very short period of time and it's really like taking the temperature on what's going on in your industry at that moment and uh that's why if you you know i have one client who does them annually and uh on average they get between eight and 14 unique articles written about about them and specifically about the survey and again the quote is really important in that type of press release. You want to make sure that you're really conveying your expertise and showcasing yourself as to why you feel that the numbers uh, skewed a particular way. Um, and when you get the results, you're really going to focus on what are the two or four, two to four questions that were the biggest surprises um, or would be, you know, the, the biggest, uh, you know, the leads, the headlines in um what uh, what people would want to know and focus on those. And you can build out a page on your website. We have all the questions and responses, but the press release should probably you know limit itself to focus on two to four of the responses in that survey and why you felt that they uh, you know skewed that particular way. It's really a great way to showcase yourself as an expert, and it's something that uh, especially industry media will gladly respond to because um, they know that their audience. Uh, would would really want to know what the responses to these types of questions would be and how you know people feel about a particular trend or subject. Uh, other things within an industry that you could focus on are you know what are blind spots or gaps and you know are there things in uh, your industry trade publications uh, specifically that they generally don't cover and perhaps should and often if you bring those to light in an intriguing way and maybe back it up with a little bit of data industry. One of the things that uh, people have done in the past is called newsjacking, where they join the trend. And you know, when th that concept first came up, 
I think, you know, over 10 years ago, it might be as long as 15 years ago when I first encountered it. It did do well, but now today, so many people are joining the conversation that it's just noise and it's hard to stand out. One way to stand out is perhaps be the friendly jerk or the contrarian. So if everybody in an industry is aligning with a particular viewpoint, uh, like you know, importance of going green or being environmentally sound and adopting certain practices, you could be the one person who's saying, not so fast, I believe that we should slow down and really take a closer look at this. Um, for example, you know, the electric car is, is you know, a lot of people are pro electric car, feel it's great for the environment. But if you were the one person saying, hey, not so fast, you know, the minerals that uh, uh, make up the batteries are really environmentally damaging, getting them out of the ground, not to mention the labor problems. Um, and also, we haven't, you know, really solved what to do with these batteries at the end of their life. So maybe we should slow down until we've addressed that before we completely embrace it. And that's a way to be level-headed and reasonable, but it's also a great way in which you can be plugged into every discussion of this subject because journalists like to be fair and balanced and showcase both sides. But most articles don't really showcase the negative side of something because no one's raised their hand and pointed it out and said, I'm pointing out the contrarian side here. And as a result, every time an article gets published on that subject, you have the likelihood of being plugged into it as the contrarian side, the one sitting there rationally explaining the downsides of something that everybody else feels is positive for the industry. Uh, the one important thing about that is you want to make sure that any contrarian viewpoints you take do not alienate you from your customer base. So uh, you have to sort of pick and choose which subject matters are going to be interesting and relevant. Yeah. So a lot of great ideas. We have we have personal stories. We have uh, trends in industry. We have blind spots and gaps. We we can join con the conversation, agree or disagree uh, with the general conversation in the media. We can speak about some challenges. So a lot of uh, a lot of ideas. And and thank you so much for sharing those ideas. Now I think that our listeners they can get some some ideas on what they could for example speak about or write about but what i wanted to ask is that what i know from what i see is not everyone is so good with writing and uh, you said that that you, you were great with writing from the beginning you had this experience uh, you're a very creative person but many people they they are not so good at it so what can we do to maybe I don't know, either learn or ask someone for help. What are some of the ways that we can do to actually write those press releases, even if we, even though we're not so good at it? Sure. So one of the things that you could do is hire someone, you know, e-releases offers writing services and we'll gladly do it. But I would challenge people to try to do it themselves because I feel like the conceptual, what the press release is about really, you know, should live and come from the client. And uh, one of the things, tools that I recommend people consider using and I've used effectively is chat GPT. Uh, AI can be a really valuable resource. Generally what comes out of it is well-written. What I wouldn't do is say, chat GPT, write a press release about me launching this new product. What I would say is, write a press release about me launching this new product and here are its features and be very specific from a paragraph 
from paragraph standpoint. I prefer coaching it on a paragraph by paragraph level because you get a much better uh, result. And again, you can lean on it to write a quote, but I would go back to that quote and spend some time with it and try to really beef it up. Same thing with the headline. But I, I see no downside to using AI. Um, you're not writing this to be the actual end product. The end product is the journalist writing an article about you. We call that earned media. Um, so what we're writing is content for the uh, the newswire, sending it out to the media, and having that written by AI is, is not problematic uh, at all. So I, I, I definitely feel that's an area where um, AI can really be uh, advantageous, especially if writing's not your forte, because what I see come out of it is generally really well written. You really want to make sure that you know, you're not trusting it with facts that it's creating and, and coming up with itself, because it has been shown that sometimes AI lies. And so uh, you, you, know, you just want to really uh, read it carefully and make sure that it's really speaking for you and that you understand it and that it's really you know, being extremely relevant, um, you know, other things that can really, you know, help you making a really great polished press release is having some uh, collateral uh, in, in like multimedia. Uh, it could be, you know, a video, be a YouTube link, for example, or it could be, you know, images. And I really think that uh, photos are a great way to stand out because if a journalist is considering two press releases to turn into an article and one has uh, a really great photo with it, they know that their online audience is going to really engage with that photo because it's it's an interesting multimedia element and they can really make you more likely to get picked because you have a really great photo. And so many small businesses and entrepreneurs, again, feel that it has to be a perfect, uh, you know, almost stock photo type of, of photo. And what you don't realize is that the ones that engage most with consumers and uh, readers are generally the more candid shots. Like, you know, if you have a product launch that you're doing, uh, rather than a perfect picture of the product on velvet and well lit, you know, maybe having it being used by an actual person, uh, more of a candid shot, I think is, is something that's going to really engage more with the audience. And that's a really great way to stand out. Uh, and, and, you know, really provide some value. Also, uh, you know, with a product launch specifically, it's one of the most common types of press releases that we get at e-releases. And a lot of people really just introduce the product, really introduce the features of the product, and that's it. And it's really hard for journalists to build an a, a article from that. Journalists like to be storytellers, and there's not much of a story there. And some of the elements that you could add to those types of releases are uh, a use case study, you know, uh, who beta tested your product, what were the results that they saw, and even get a quote from them talking about their experience using your product. And so all of a sudden, a journalist can create more of a story arc in here's a product, Here's uh, the problem. Here's the problem of the specific client. Here was the results that they saw. Here is a quote from them. And now here are some features. It builds it out so much more and accomplishes more of that story arc. So anything that you sort of write, sort of reverse engineer it to make sure that you're including the elements that would make a compelling story. Um, journalists uh, are gatekeepers. They uh, Their biggest asset is their audience and they want, to, you know, curate and showcase stuff that's really going to, you know, interest them. And, you know, anything that you can do to build into that, uh, those elements will make sure that you stand out and do really well. 
Yeah, so a lot of great tools. I think that uh, we are a little bit afraid of using ChatGPT because uh, everyone started using ChatGPT immediately. And you can see that some articles or some LinkedIn posts, they are clearly written by, by artificial intelligence. But the way that you're saying is that we need to use it in a smart way. So we need to actually make sure that it is written in our own voice and specifically what we want to, to speak about. And uh, we need to make sure that we're telling the story, we, we're including our customer in there, and we're including this um, those elements that can actually catch the, the interest. Yeah, so uh, we have, we now we know what can we write about and we know how we can write. And I think that the the last element is that sometimes people think that, okay, I'm maybe they had some experience with media already and they sent out some ideas and they didn't get a response. And I think that many people, the many entrepreneurs, they just don't have experience of dealing with media, of, of speaking with them. And uh, maybe they don't want to be, at least this is my perspective, that I don't want to be like stalking them in a way. Okay, so I sent a couple of proposals, something is okay, something I did not get response to. And I don't want to send them something every day. So what would you recommend in a, in a way of how to reach out and how often to reach out, not to to be this stalker? Right. So I recommend for most entrepreneurs and small businesses to try to do something at least quarterly. You know, I, I feel like that's a natural rhythm for a, a small business. That being said, you know, startups generally take off and go gangbusters. And so it's not uncommon for our startup clients to do a press release a month. Um, and some maybe be you know, skipping a month here and there. So every other month, sort of find a rhythm that you could work with. I think that, you know, don't do a press release just to do a press release unless you're looking at you haven't done one in three or four months. And then I would say, you know, apply some pressure, be creative. What are some things that you could potentially uh, be talking about? You know, what types of press releases? There's always uh, holiday milestones that are out there that perhaps you could provide some, uh, you know, a top 10 list of, of things that are relevant for a holiday or maybe do yearly predictions within your industry uh, where you could stand out as an expert, you know, so all of a sudden you could you do that annually, maybe even be known for it. Um, you know, people are looking for content uh, and during busy periods of time, they're looking for content that they can just easily take the bulk of. And when you do a top 10 list of something like uh, I've, I've had a lot of clients who uh, start a, their own podcast and they do the top 10 podcasts for their specific specific industry niche and they put themselves in there as like number seven or eight and a lot of journalists who are under deadline are just like i need a little filler i'll just copy and paste these 10 uh podcasts and put them in there i i recognize you know most of them many ways and so that's a really great way to sort of you know get included in certain uh publications uh almost like features that, that get put out there um any anything that really makes a journalist job a little bit easier 
in helping them address, uh, you know, their need to constantly, uh, you know, produce. And I think that also, uh, you know, looking at industry trends um, and what people are beginning to talk about is a great opportunity for you to sort of uh, perhaps not just enter the conversation, but enter it in a way that's more nuanced. Is there something that you can add to the conversation that gives it a more compelling edge or a more specificity within a particular industry? So to sum up our conversation, what are the tips that you would leave our listeners with? What should we focus on? in terms of press releases to to start our journey with the media. Right. So a lot of people believe that that uh, press releases are antiquated and you really don't, you know, need to do them anymore that they don't work and what my experience is doing 10 to 14,000 press releases a year for my clients is that there are press releases that definitely work and engage the media. Uh, spend a little time uh, focusing on more strategic types of press releases. Uh, be a little more calculating with the types of press releases that you build into a PR campaign, and you'll likely see results. Not every press release is going to succeed, uh, but if you build out a PR campaign of six to eight releases and handle it strategically, you'll probably get two to four successes uh, of those eight press releases. And all it takes is one to really you know, do extremely well for it to be worth the effort. Uh, what happens when you get media attention and someone writes an article about you is you get you know, often new customers from the people who see that press release, that article specifically. And you can also take that article link and share it with your social media, uh, put it in your newsletter, put it on your website. And what happens is, you know, a lot of reasons that the new customers that come from articles are great customers is they aren't really price shopping. They read an article about you. Uh, they saw that social proof or implied endorsement that happens when a journalist uh, gives you that credibility by writing about you. And, you know, based on that authority, they want to work with you. They generally don't open another window and see if they can get something comparable or cheaper from somewhere else. They really want to do business with you. And the same thing happens when it goes out to your existing customers. You know, always there are customers who say, maybe I should shop this year and make sure we're using the right, you know, vendor or, or company. And if they read this article and they get that same, you know, excitement and social proof, they're probably less likely to shop that year. Um, and, you know, there's always leads that you have that you're working and some of them are just not going to go your way. And you never know how close they were to, you know, going your way and getting that article in front of them and having them read it could often, you know, be what gets them over the fence and decides to work with you. So there's a really lot of great ways in which you can use this earned media that you get to really help you, um, you know, not even talking about, you know, the links that come from it and, you know, the SEO benefit from from getting these uh, great articles out there and, and helping uh, to establish your brand. Yes, this is definitely the way to go. So if our listeners want to reach out to you and maybe use your services or ask more questions, where can they find you? Sure. So our website's ereleases.com and all of our social media is on the lower right of our website. You know, feel free to talk to uh, anyone at our office. We only employ editors, no salespeople, and we can be reached by phone or by chat or email. And I will also say that I have a free masterclass that talks about uh, building a strategic PR campaign. And uh, it's completely free. It's an hour long video 
course. And it's a really great way for anybody who's considering PR to really do an audit of their business with these um, strategic uh, ideas in mind to help them build a PR campaign that works. And that's available at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And again, it's completely free and it's a small ask, but it's a really great place to get started. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing this. Uh, we'll put the links under this episode so that our listeners can immediately jump there and and uh, check check out your materials. Thank you so much, Mickey. It was such a pleasure talking to you today. A lot of valuable information for our listeners. So definitely, I think that everyone found something for themselves. Thank right. you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your LinkedIn profile and using a hashtag Ideas and Leaders. See you in the next episode.